got a kind of a comp to me. Yep, there's a West 90s Coast 90s, vibes. mid-90s, with, where the G-Funk came from. Have you ever seen, like, the lowriders or videos of lowriders, like, fucking with the hydraulics? Well, that's, like, that's what we used to watch on MTV Bass when I was a kid. <laughs> we're not even sure if they were real. Were they these yeah. real or are they just for the music video? Like, Great. No, I, they're all real, man. And it still looks surreal if you were to see it, too. It's like, well, how, does the, how the fuck does a car do that? Mm. It, it looks like so much fun. I would definitely do that if I had a lowrider myself. Yes. Look beautiful. What's going on, y'all? I am the multidimensional anti-flip lord, Pierre Exeter O, and this is... My name is Richard Brannan. Namio Renge Kyo, everybody. Exactly what he said. And today we're going to be on Tentacle Croissant, as we are right now with the lovely Tentacle Croissants in the chat room, here to speak about a topic that I utterly have the most passion about. And it's the fact that love is dead. Love is collapsed. It doesn't exist anymore. It's over. It's over. You heard it here first. Love is over. We finished it. We finished love. We yeah. collapsed love. We finished love. Uh, so for some reason, the frame rate seems a bit choppier than usual. I hope that anybody watching right now doesn't exactly have the same frame rate. I mean, is that okay? Yeah, it, looks, it is a little choppy. Don't live. Yeah, first world problems. All right, all right, all right. So where do we begin with this particular situation, my friend? <sighs> we have a hard time living with one another, don't we? Well, my English literature teacher would always start by saying, define your terms. So we've said traditional relationships. Let's start there. What is a traditional relationship even? So there's, a, I was going to say there's a few factors in here because I even saw a comment a bit earlier. I hope the audio levels are fairly okay. So please project and scream through your nips. And um, one comment was along the lines of like the gender roles as well. You know, so somebody analyzed and interpreted traditional relationships, meaning like uh, the man should be the stereotypical lead. Okay. Woman follows. I think that's an element of traditional, but I think the more okay. where we're leaning is just monogamy. Yeah. I think that's kind of what we're pointing towards. Committed monogamy. Where people stick to their assigned gender roles. That That's what somebody analyzed. Okay. Okay. But I, yeah, how would we particularly analyze it? I actually hadn't thought about the gender role issue. I was thinking a traditional relationship. Um, so I started thinking about like the traditionally assumed coordinates of relationships, which actually uh, does does fuck you up. Mm. So it's uh, in, my, in my experience, uh, the where it's fucked me up is I've gone, oh, first of all, this is past focused. So I have an idea of relationships. I heard what you said about shouting and screaming through my nips. It finally got through my- Yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, and uh, it's unconscious, it's assumed, and it's based on my past. And so I started, I'll, I'll speak, I don't usually speak about my personal experience, but um, I noticed that what I'm doing is I'm trying to put the girl in a, in a box, a girlfriend box, a uh -huh. girlfriend-sized hole, and yeah, she just, yeah. eh, and if she doesn't quite fit, we have to eh, yeah. push her in there. And I was Please like, clarify that for anybody that might misinterpret the fact that you're trying to put females into boxes. That right. If English isn't your first language, this is called a metaphor. I'm not literally putting girls in boxes, despite the dexter sort of vibe yeah. I give out. The, the second misinterpretation is that it could sound like you're trying to get her to do what you want, but that's not, a, that's not what you mean at all. 
Well, okay, so let, let's be really, really careful here. I don't mean in any sort of like abusive way I'm trying to get somebody to do what I want. But at the level of ego, I kind of am. Like mm-hmm. I am kind of like uh, sort of going, okay, this is my assumption of what a girlfriend is. And then I notice it from the girl as well. She's like, well, this is what my assumption of what a boyfriend is. So you're in the unconscious, you're in the past, and then you're with these assumptions. And then I started to think, where have I got my ideas of what a girlfriend is? Where did I get that from? And I was like, I can see, st- I'm 42, and I can see stuff showing up from when I was 16. I'm like, I got that idea when I was like, wow, that's not useful. Hmm. You don't use a map from when you're a 16-year-old right. today. That's that's completely stupid. I also got it from watching my parents, from watching other people in relationships. And I see my whole life I've been surrounded by people pu- putting each other in boxes. So at an unconscious level, I'm not like some ultra enlightened dudes just going oh let's look at the consciousness in front of me yeah how do i elevate this person how do i help them how do i help them to be everything that they could be because in my head that's coaching mm-hmm. and i'm like well that's coaching and this is this is and i was like well hang on a f- you know there should be an integration here so that's sure that's where i started with traditional traditional as in based on tradition based on culture based on the past there it is okay i saw a comment that said the box would be in line with expectations and i think that's a fair way to put it Mm. it doesn't have to be i mean it can be gender role specifically but i think in general we have an expectation when somebody is in the relationship positioning Mm -hmm. so both parties will expect something from the other Mm. and to say that there's a relationship without expectations what the fuck is a relationship then Anybody who claims you can have a relationship without expecting anything from another, that's like getting a job and then like not expecting your boss expecting anything from you if you or you hire somebody. It's like, oh, you can you can hire people, not expect anything from them. Then it's not a job anymore. That's relationships as well. Relationships assume a type of responsibility for one another, regardless of what you think. Now, what that responsibility is, that that's what differentiates, I think. So um i i'm a little i'm a little bit defocused today i'll admit but what you just said is um so the, so then i started to think about like what a relationship is we're in a relationship babe oh oh babe. you didn't have to tell me that i know but now i'm telling you now oh thanks so once you're relating to somebody or relating even to a thing that's still a relationship so if you if you try to get um, very objective and very clear about it and you critique your own thinking, it's like, well, I'm in a relationship with that person, that thing, that substance, that music, that I'm relating to many things. So what makes this thing the high pressure thing? What makes this thing the stressful thing? What makes this thing the expectation thing? I don't think that I did that. I don't think I did that. I think that was what culture gave me when I came into the world. If, yeah, if we, but yeah, I think if we look at it biologically, I mean, even just through traditional history with the rituals involved, it's like the, the actual high pressure romantic relationship often includes the potential for offspring and the birth of a new human being, which right. is probably exactly why it's so high pressured. Right, right. With subconsciously, we yeah. feel. Even if you don't even plan on having kids, Mm. there is that subconscious undertone that you have that same pressure and weight when you're living with somebody, when you're working stuff out with them Mm. to maintain something as important as raising a child or a new human being. Right. So the stakes are very, very high implicitly. Then there's cultural baggage around uh, uh, breathing. 
yeah. repopulating, you know, re you know, replenishing the the supply of the tribe, um, and that accumulates over uh, over generations, becomes a kind of its own intergenerational mm. trauma, has its own weight, it has its own gravity. So, um, you already said it, but just to reiterate it, when it comes to dating and it comes to relationships, the amount of anxiety and pressure people feel about it is because the stakes are so high and it's actually the essence of what we're here for mm. from a certain biological point of view. Yeah. I don't I don't actually, I don't believe the Richard Dawkins, I, I can't subscribe to the Richard Dawkins selfish gene thing fully, but I see value in it. Like you, by his idea, you're, we're really just socks for DNA. Okay. And the only thing that your whole being, love, poetry, art, soul, expression is actually about is reproduce, mm. is reproduce. Right. So, you know, you can you can cherry pick and use affirmation bias to see where in the environment. Absolutely. There's truth to that. But if you actually try and live by that, you'll end up very depressed because it's yeah. it's so fucking reductive. It's awful. So right. acknowledging we go science, hmm? but also scientists kill themselves <laughs> <laughs> and the depressed motherfuckers. Yeah. So. You know, you, yeah. need, you need a little something to... Well, this is a whole different topic. I'll briefly glance over it. But if you take something as metaphysical as creating art, there is no necessarily a scientific premise behind creating art. So how are you going to apply making poetry and films for a loved one purely as a behavioral outcome? You can't. You, mm. The actual act of making art, there is no like behavioral reason mm. why you should do it. You're wasting your fucking time putting paintings on a goddamn thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is, it is effectively by that perspective, by the, the hard biological census point of view, a waste of time. Uh, there's an Australian stand-up comedian musician called Tim Minchin. And he wrote a song for his wife called you'll do, which is, which is, is, is like a love song, but from that perspective, mm -hmm. which is all about random chance. You're basically, yeah. you're not perfect for me, but you're okay. You'll do. And it's, it's this, it's sort of this uh, subversion of romance and actually ends up being quite funny and romantic via, yeah. you know, through the inversion. Um, but we do have to admit that we do have to acknowledge that. Like if a guy approaches you in a bar in the dating sphere and you feel a feel, you feel anxious or you're, or you're scared of that. Or as a guy, if you're approaching goals, in a bar in a club or in a library or wherever you do it and you feel a certain way it's not because you're traumatized you have anything wrong with you you're throwing the dice on your dna mm. and if that person rejects you yeah you're rejected in your dna yeah your actual <laughs> biological makeup says it doesn't it's not suitable to continue That's your it. species you don't get to fucking breed you don't yeah. get offspring so it'll 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 hurt proportionate to that. I think that's probably more of a guy issue than a girl issue though. I'm sure yeah. then you have women will also have their, the early phases of a relationship, that anxiety mm. when they probably right after the guy has had sex. Yeah. Is he going to stick around? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Did sure, he, sure. Is he here for that? Am I going to be rejected in my DNA mm. as a possible mother, as a possible mate? But it's, it, it comes down to a, a very, very similar thing. The other stress is of course, if you let that happen, and you let yourself feel a feel for somebody, then they can hurt you. Mm. They could leave. They could cheat on you. They, they hold this like power over you. Mm -hmm. That's extremely, uh, it's terrifying, really. I don't think that's changed. I don't think, I don't think any of that is, is part of the modern world. Yeah, and I think uh, humans have a collective and abandonment anxiety as a whole, especially if you, I mean, anybody, at least whether through a developmental phase, and maybe not so much in the future, 
<laughs> excuse me, but as a whole, I think humans are definitely afraid of being abandoned. It doesn't, it's not something that we're naturally just like, oh, it's fine. You know, like, no, when, when the loved one or somebody you have feelings for or whatever the hell, they leave or the potential, the idea of them leaving just festers innate universal insecurity between everybody. Yeah. To, to quickly gla uh, glaze over this, I almost forgot. We're talking about how the, the impact and the pressure that mm. comes with a rom romantic relationship mm -hmm. could possibly stem from biological reproduction by having a kid. Mm -hmm. I think we don't place emphasis on having children anymore. Right. And perhaps maybe that's a big reason why the typical romantic relationship structure doesn't really apply in the contemporary age, because the emphasis to carry on your kids and raise them and the emphasis of even giving a fuck about having children has just dwindled in the last few decades. Mm, OK. <laughs> oh, fuck. Now I have to think. Um, yeah, yeah. OK, so that's, <laughs> that's undeniable. The, the shift in focus is undeniably being... Uh, uh, like it, so so this is we're doing a video that's about traditional relationships versus what the challenges we face in the modern world so what's changed in the last since world war ii that would be a big thing hmm. we've become more opulent we become more yeah. wealthy we don't need kids to be like chattel slaves yeah, yeah, when, yeah. We're, when we're old yeah right they're, they're just like popping out nine kids in the 20s <laughs> just in case yo the, the great during the great depression they had nothing and yeah. they're still popping out like nine kids yeah, yeah because yeah. that was a survival mechanism to yes. have more people the more chances your yes. offspring will survive and look after each other yes yes but the more resources we have the more we're like let's just flip and not like have kids at all it's yes. just we have the options here and we have rubbers that we can attach to we have masks that we can put on our private parts and then now we have different pills that prevent arms from growing in our uteruses <laughs> so it's not as necessary you don't need to you can just flip without children now it's going to take a minute for me to get past arms in the uterus that's what um, it is <laughs> so yeah okay so then the emphasis shifts and then you there isn't the cultural pressure. There isn't the personal pressure. I don't I, I, like I'm an example of this. I don't actually feel like my legacy, my heritage, my significance in the world is based on whether I have children or not. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I don't want kids. It's just I'm sure it's different for me than for my ancestors who were a bunch of Irish immigrants who did totally a lot of the breeding. I think well, <laughs> this is so strange for me to even say, let alone hear. But there was a time in history where people looked forward to having kids. What? Yeah. What people, is this wild conspiracy theory? At, at one point, people wanted to have kids and actually enjoy raising and playing with the child. Like, that's crazy for me to even consider because I don't feel that need at all. But a lot of people just did it because they wanted it. Okay. I actually hadn't prepped for this, and I'm trying to sort of catch up with that because if if – then that means so there is a significant difference between traditional and modern relationships because we're not as children focused mm. so then if you're not doing it for so i've not had children but when watching people in relationships where there are children a lot of their lives become about the kids yes and that's their bond it's yes. like the closest i've ever got is like if you have dogs and then you do stuff around the dogs but there's still an awful lot of time for you with kids it's all about the kids. Everything. So we take that out. And what do you have? Yes. Uh, uh, um, companionship. Companionship. Uh, the uh, the pleasure-seeking behaviors, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
Unless uh, the only other factor is if maybe both parties or one of the parties is lower on resources and both need each other for a type of um, aid or they, they, they are bonded through survival or I mean, even just the filling an emotional void. Obviously, that's a, that's an element of it too. You're, you're, you're fucking me up today, Pierre. Yes, <laughs> I got it. So, okay. <laughs> uh, I wish I wish I'd slept more. So, um, so kids, let's let's put that there. So, kids is going to be a big thing. And then there's um, so previous to modern relationships. Yes, you need each other. There's a financial thing. Um, yeah. It, and and people shouldn't understand this. Like, um, don't be simplistic. It's not just, oh, the man has money, and in, in traditional relationships, the woman didn't work, so she wouldn't. If the man could be angling for the woman's father's money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's that, like that's it's, an it's element in, too. Yeah, it's yeah, this yeah, integral sure. tribal joining between clans and shared wealth. Obviously, is bigger than individual wealth. So men also are. Tradition, traditionally, meaning throughout history, were motivated by money. They were gold digging hoes too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of the the push and the motivation towards sharing uh, marriage and monogamy, monogamy as a whole, was definitely a huge impact of it. Was practicality the the good a big leaning towards that was just pure practicality of whether maybe you want to stay there for the kids, maybe you want to stay there to share the resources, maybe you want to aid through each other's survival. But if you were to maintain, let's just say, a monogamous committed situation without those factors and just for the pure sake of fulfilling an emotional void, I can't see that being a big enough motivation to continue that long term. Okay. Would you be happy sharing the lockdown story where you were in a, like a happy relationship? Okay, yeah, yeah. So surprise, surprise, uh, the multidimensional flip lord found himself in a situation where he met uh, a lovely individual who shared common ideals for harmony to exist. And right about a week and a half later after we met, we got stuck together during the quarantine. And she was basically over five days of the week, really maybe one or two or three days of break. So I can actually film the videos and stuff without any distractions and editing and perhaps stuff like that. But it was very harmonious. You know, I, I was joking, like, you know, it's typical gender roles is like hunter gatherer. You know, I'll go out and buy the food and bring it back or whatever. But it was actually the opposite. She went out and grabbed all the food. <laughs> and then she the came housewife. And I was the little housewife maintaining the thing, but I was, you know, making it's my very ends. Progressive and modern very, <laughs> very progressive. But I mean, what do you know? It worked out. It worked out having this give and take situation. We were living together for a while and there were very there weren't any disputes. You know, we were taking turns washing dishes and stuff. It was it was a fair enough arrangement. And we were without freedom. We were in lockdown. There were no options to go outside of ourselves. Flipping around casually on Tinder is a terrible idea because we didn't even know the circumstances of how serious this supposed pandemic is. So it's like, fuck that. Let's not even worry about that. You know, doing that. I was living a fairly monogamous situation for two to three months with very, very little issues. Where before that, it was it was really troubling. But the moment the lockdown lifts, there was this all automatic instability in the situation on both of our ends. So since Pierre has told me this story, uh, the first time I heard it was about four days ago, this has been on my mind a lot. Um, the idea that through necessity, 
and a lack of options, we actually, well, you you found yeah. harmony and balance. Mm. You kind of just survived the situation. Right. And there's something I've, I've not, it wasn't during lockdown for me, but I've been in situations like that where you just, you just get through together. Yeah. And it's you against the world. Mm. Well, it ain't you against the world and all the opulence that we have. Hell no. It's me versus you. Yeah. Yeah. Our our weight of freedom mm. is heavier now on both set both sides. It's right. like a it's like a scale, but each side takes turns dropping off golden rings and purses and other flips. Yeah, where in a world that is where you that you're against within the quarantine lockdown, mm. you both have the same amount, and the scale is kind of equal because you can't literally take or give too much to anything else other than being a part of the actual structure of the scale. Because I'm a lefty leftison, and uh, I used to be big on radical leftism and postmodernism. I know that there were papers written and books written on sexuality under socialism, and they made the claim. Well, they tried to claim that actually socialism is good for humanity because people have more sex and they procreate mm. more. Actually, it might have just been the repression, mm. the sheer repressive oh, nature, yeah, yeah, yeah. the tyranny of socialism or communism. Yeah, yeah. You just bond because it's right. it would then be you against the state, right? You against your neighbors, yeah, your, yeah. You know, your your little relationship and, is that's it. And another addition to that is that you don't have to deal with the festering insecurity that you're going to go flip that much with anybody else, right? So. I'm obviously I'm not a commie, you know what I mean? Like I'm all for freedom and even capitalism and stuff of that nature. But it's like, I did see a few other types of benefits in a situation that was almost di dictatorial. Like the relationship in my situation, you know, you feel repressed, you'll flip more. And there were very little, um, you know, externalizations of instability in the situation. It was really surprising. I didn't think that, I, I don't remember the last time I've been in a situation like that, really. So, I, I mean, I, I haven't really got like conclusions to share with people. I just find it fascinating. The idea that for you, uh, during that period, it actually created uh, an unusually high level of, of relationship stability. I think when we were still in the deeper part of the lockdown, I was saying to you, I actually suspect, I intuit, the next thing is going to either be a sexual revolution or a love revolution or both. And I think one of the people, one of the things that people are thinking about in their unconscious is lockdowns will come again, most mm. likely. Mm, mm, how mm. are you going to survive a lockdown? Actually having a partner is going to make a huge difference. Would you rather lock down single or in a relationship? Another factor is uh, me and the other party. She, we're both very, uh, voluntarily isolated people we prefer to rather just kind of do our own thing and we rarely ever go out to socialize for the sake of it maybe one or two people at a time it was mm. never clubbing we were never that type of people mm. and um we both said during the situation multiple times even afterwards like imagine if we had to be alone right now right you know we we, we talked to each other we're like yo i'm so grateful for the fact that we found each other right before this i mean like this situation works out so well i think we both aided in each other's sanity around this because i was i've been thinking about it if i was fucking alone for fucking three months yeah you know like oh shit that's a that's a lot to to manage man so maybe to be somewhat prescriptive with this obviously people can't force repression on themselves and their partner just to make a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's crazy yeah. but one of the things that you said is is gratitude and i do think 
I, I know it sounds trite. I know it sounds like Oprah Winfrey level shit, but if you can't feel gratitude for your partner and you can't feel appreciation for them, I don't see how a long-term relationship can work. And is that the vibe that you get from people in relationships? Like, I'm so grateful for, I mean, every once in a while, sure, but generally it's not, right? People treat each other with contempt. Yeah, well, I mean, you've walked around with me. You mm -hmm. see the types of couples that stare at me. Mm -hmm. seen the, the girls specifically. Mm -hmm. And imagine if they weren't allowed to walk around like that and see potential interesting options. Right. You know, like, and and that's where I'm like, well, limit, because the only worry for a lot of monogamous committed, it is the only worry. It's like the most, it's the biggest, it's worry. The biggest fucking yeah, worry. It's, yeah, yeah. If there was a place beyond number one in the committed monogamous situation is you getting cheated on. And that that's like universal. There's songs about it as everyone talks about it. Yeah. In a mon monogamous situation, one of the biggest fears yeah. is that the person leaves you or, Flip somebody else. When I was in Bulgaria, I was introduced to Chalga music. And most of that music is focused around jealousy and cheating and relationships falling apart. And I was like, oh, that's exactly like bachata. Mm. Like 95% of bachata songs are cheating. Mm. It's, it's all about either you're encouraging somebody to cheat or you're sad because you cheated and your girlfriend left you. Yeah. And that's that that's that it's so it's the it's the number one issue in relationships is the is the possibility of cheating. Okay, so again to uh, sort of compare the traditional to the modern is the capacity to cheat increased now yeah. in this environment i would say if there was a percentage above 1367 <laughs> no, the the whole format of the world we live in is made to cheat <laughs> no no like it's literally even you can apply that to the analogy of watching a fucking movie on netflix right. you can cut it in 20 minutes in and watch the tv series that you were watching before Yes. I then keep up on an anime yeah. uh, two, 10 minutes later, then switch to a YouTube video of my yeah. beautiful face doing saying some stupid shit, and then you go back to the movie. <laughs> that that very format of the internet is how it's it's just penetrated, no pun intended, real life. Deeply. It, the, the whole world is set up so you have like this amalgamous surplus of choices. Doesn't matter what the fuck you're doing. If you find a restaurant, you have 10 other restaurants. If you go to a day spa, you have 10 other day spas. If you have yes. an art museum, you have 10 other art museums. It's it's like, yes, it's just options, options all across the board. Okay. So we're still on the damning phase of this talk. Uh, you don't need kids. You don't, you're not fussed about kids now. You don't really need each other. You're not in an environment. We're in an opulent environment. We don't really need each other. And we have huge options for cheating. This does not bode well for monogamous relationships. Fuck no. <laughs> Hell no. And this is my fucking like hour-long rant on a live stream. Right. Because like I think, you know, deep and down in the recesses of our mind, whether it's just from Disney films or rom-coms, we have in our uh, the image in our mind that monogamous and romantic situations like that are the way to go. Yeah. And I think a part of us still hold on to that. But the actual physical, practical situation of the world that we live in mm. just completely smashes it. It's like a tsunami just crushing an ancient building. It, yeah. You know, the, the waves are so fucking big and just on, tsunamis are not just one wave. They're, they're, yeah. they're just bodies of water just continuously yeah. pounding yes, yes. the church. You yeah, know? This, this, is, this is the thing when people think tsunami, they think about like they just 2012, one. one huge wave yeah, yeah. where they, it comes and it comes and it comes. 
yeah um i got addicted to smoking again folks recently and uh, pierre was watching me choke down cigarettes and uh, he said don't please don't do that vape instead I, I i'm going to start vaping openly now during the stream i can't hold it back oh, it's very honest and you. and then i will give up next week <laughs> so trust me i didn't get him into vaping for the sake of it it's not i just fault. didn't want him to be choking down fucking caveman sticks he, he was appalled i've never seen him look Did, was i <laughs> well how was i i was because because they were there were small cigarettes yeah. i was like oh they're only light but i was going <laughs> on them and he was like um I just could see his, <laughs> the whites of his eyes. I could feel the whites of his eyes on me. And then he went, uh, bro. <laughs> I, I, I was like, really, dude? I was like, let me get you one. I bought him it because yeah. anyways. So it's therapeutic, so. Too many choices, you see? Too many choices. Too many it's fucking not, choices. It's not Pierre's fault. It's, uh, it's Rich's fault. Yes. So now that you are a professional vapor let's get back to the topic that has the extreme uh, similarities and relationships with the thing but uh yeah i mean the way that i look at it it's uh to further the metaphor it's like uh, when, how an earthquake begins is through the, the 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 surface underneath the water and then there's tension and i think that's the opulence the waves the shock waves of opulence social media approaching the surface of the ocean and then now we're just in the recesses of this wave consistently pounding on the ancient church that was built under marriage and monogamy. Beautiful, evocative imagery. I enjoyed that. That's good, right? Much. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, man. It's apocalyptic and catastrophic and romantic all at once. Yeah. So is it somewhat to do with the fact that our not-so-evolved monkey brains are being tricked a little bit by the flashing lights, the mm. blinding lights, uh, the beeps, the boops of social media technology, and what's and what's out there. Is it somewhat that evolutionary issue that we just haven't evolved to the point where we realize actually what I'm chasing is not really of substance? So I think uh, possibly the counter argument is that there's like books out there and people say that in uh, cavemen ancient tribal days, you know, you would have like the, the alpha ape. The alpha primate that flips the women and then you have like the beta apes that take care of the women or something like that and that's a pretty low resource situation but we also have to consider we're not fucking caveman anymore like people use it as an argument a biological programs but also what those apes did was just murder each other through rocks mm -hmm. you know so i don't i There's don't a lot of things we do naturally well that we could do naturally that we don't do we overcome our drives yeah like during the medieval <laughs> the medieval ages literally killing somebody was just as casual as having sex like you see all these ancient uh, crusade uh paintings and shit it's just as common as a painting of uh lovers mm. there are just as many paintings as people stoning each other to death as there is uh, embracing the, the loved one or whatever the fuck mm. so it's all part of it i think right now it's more of what you just proposed i think that monogamy would have been the better option pre 2020 mm. perhaps with maybe middle and low income resources but now every even the lower income have a smartphone you know what i mean right like even what you would consider lower class they all have iphones yeah yeah yeah, yeah there is a homogenization of class that's happened we're all uh, we're all watching mtv base yeah across the classes yeah. We're all, or whatever the equivalent is, that MTV based probably 10 years ago, but we're all tuned into the same cultural mm -hmm. coordinates mm -hmm. that are 
worshipping of narcissism, worshipping of opulence, worshipping of materialism. And um, we're all consuming that. I'm sure even the Queen has listened to ASAP Ferg. But yeah, but even uh, I've seen videos and uh, posts of kids in some uh, third world Southeast Asian country. Mm -hmm. They have, they have, they know who the weekend is, the Lana Del Rey. They understand the culture. They're vaping too. And you, you have in your mind that these are cultures that are, you know, offensively just banging sticks and stones together for fun right but no they they have smartphones they are in tune with the culture they go use the internet computers they see everything that's happening in western opulence too mm -hmm. so the same narrative is also being portrayed all across the world it's globalized now yeah so then do we have okay let's 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 do this first do you want to be in a committed monogamous relationship just tell me now i keep asking you but you you know you evade me can't we just be in love, Pierre? See, I think of it with the circumstances that we live in. In this circumstance, no. If I was under lockdown and the Czech Republic went under the rule of Stalin again, mm. yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I would if I was under rule under Stalin in fucking nineteen eighty five or fucking no nineteen sixty seven Stalinist Czech Republic. I'd be like. I don't want to fucking cheat on anybody. I'm just get my rations and then just be with my loving wife and maybe yeah. some, maybe pop out a kid or something. I don't know, right. man. Like, but th the last thing I'd be thinking about is cheating in that situation. You yes. know, like fuck that. So one of the things that I did prepare for this before I got hit with waves of other stuff in the in the tsunami was um, the uh, the just the idea that like if there is something to be salvaged here, whatever we can and can't do, we definitely can't put the toothpaste back into the tube. Yeah, I agree. So we could we could I I'm very hopeful. I think we can do committed monogamous relationships, but we can't do it like we could in 1995. Totally. Uh, another disclaimer on the scenario that I painted. It's not because I want to maintain all of my choices in 2020, which I do. And don't get me wrong. That's still a part of it. Mm. But the circumstances allows the other partners to maintain the same amount of options. So you don't want to be a loser in the game. Exactly. Okay. Because it's not just me maintaining my options. It's my partner also maintaining the options. So it's she, double. So if she has five guys on the go, you'd be a dummy to not have five girls on the go. Why the fuck would I put myself in that situation? <laughs> just out of pure practicality. What am I going to like? like pay for somebody to have a buffet? <laughs> while I'm just eating an orange, you know, I don't even like fruit, dog. Okay, but this is this is actually another very salient point because that means that there's um almost like um uh, a combative element to this. It's like Reservoir Dogs, the end of Reservoir Dogs. Everybody's pointing a gun at everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Like if you've got one gun and they've got two, you're 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 fucked. And so the environment then trains you that you must have options or you'll end up losing you'll end up heartbroken and alone at this point it becomes a survival mechanism right within a, in, a, in a world of opulence maintaining the options is a part of the survival and you know you, i've heard some criticisms perhaps that it's like uh you, it's different because maybe you're attractive and you have status as you have options no no everybody has options I don't care what class you are, how attractive you are. Imagine if all the incels with the fem cells, like they all come together. No, no, everybody does. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. No matter how ugly you think you are, no matter how poor you think you are, you still have more options now than ever before in the history of the world. That's that's true. There is. Um, I don't want to sideline us here, but I, I again, and I know I, I am a little bit of a stock record with this topic. Is there is this fascination of the monkey mind with illusion? 
So I think there is an entitlement that's grown where everybody's like, well, because I'm being shown beautiful people all the time, yeah. that means there's yep. beautiful people everywhere. Mm. Where's my beautiful person? And I'm not going to name certain groups, but they, to me as a psycho, like from a psychological background, I'm like, I think what I'm hearing here is I'm very angry that the beautiful person hasn't been delivered yet. <laughs> Amazon's not working this week. Uh, ex- no, totally. And I, I think you're completely right with that. Uh, when you when you browse Instagram and, and you only see fat booties, it doesn't matter what your status is on the social hierarchy of attractiveness, of wealth, or whatever the fuck. No matter who you are, if that's your interface and that's all you see, you are bound to buy into that illusion. So any illusion that you think you don't have any options or choice is based on the simulation that isn't fucking real that's in front of your eyes anyways. I, it was um, Eric, uh, one of the brothers of Wein, 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 Einstein. Uh-huh. Weinstein. I always have to do that because I want to steen it, and you're yeah. not supposed to steen it. It's time. Yeah. Um, the one with the beard uh, of the two brothers, um, he's an evolutionary biologist uh, professor, I believe, and he was saying far more in a far more erudite way than I can, when we see beautiful people on TV, when we see opulence on TV, there's a part of your brain that thinks they're your neighbors. Your brain is looking at the Kardashians and goes, oh, I know them. Yeah, exactly. They're in my tribe. Yep. Why have they got more than me? And it creates this status anxiety for wealth, for opulence, for sexual choice, for whatever it is. And it's actually, it's actually very stressful. We were not evolved for that. We're not sat there going, oh, I know the Kardashians. That's a different thing. It's like, away okay. from me and it's not. Think about if you went to some primitive tribe, mm. wherever in the world doesn't fucking matter. Mm. You placed high-definition 4K Blu-ray TV and you just showcased fucking food, animals, and everything. You just left it there for a month. Oof, that's evil. Think about that. That's a fucking genius idea. Yeah. It's pure evil. No, but you gave a TV to a primitive tribe in a straw hut, and all they saw was abundance for months. Oh, there's a no- there's a sci-fi novel in this. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what is that tribe gonna think with the, including the little uh, level of knowledge they have about how a TV fucking works? You know, I can't see that not creating. Uh, chaos and discontent. I can't see, I can't see that not causing trouble. People are going to compete for the screen. Yes, they would kill each other over the food on the screen. Yes. Do you want to just tell them the point? I know I I can hyperlink the point that you're making, but do, can you explain that? I have to pee really bad. I'll explain. And, and I would like okay to not urinate my pants. <laughs> so what starts to happen? with uh, simulated reality. Let me bluff my way through this. I'm good with, good with psychology, not so good with philosophy. I think it's Beauvoir, de Beauvoir uh, with the concept of the hyperreal in simulations where at a certain point in a simulated reality, you're no longer using the symbols as symbols. You're using, you're experiencing and consuming the symbols as the thing itself. So, um, Perhaps money uh, would be a good example of that. You know, cash, physical money. If money is thrown on the floor, um, you you would treat it as having intrinsic value where actually it is just promissory notes of debt. That's all physical cash is. Um, In the United Kingdom, uh, I think it's the only country I've ever been to that still writes on the note 
I promise to pay the bearer on demand the sum of. So the thing, the, the symbol becomes more powerful than the thing itself. So what Pierre was referencing there is people would fight for the screen. They're not fighting for the food on the screen. They're not fighting for the, the BMW or the mansion on the screen. They fight for the screen itself, even though it's only a representation and a gateway to the other thing. It could be a software fault in human beings. It could be like an evolutionary issue, but we begin to confuse and conflate um, the symbol for the um, essential thing itself. I think I bluffed my way okay through that. No, I heard Correct it. Correct me I in think, the comments if I, think I was wrong, guys. I think you're right. So as much as a primitive tribe is not attuned to seeing an image of the pineapple that they've been searching for for months, the brain can't differentiate the two, especially during a primitive tribe. We're not that different. Yeah. This is what, like, fucking 30 years old at most. Yeah. yeah. Seeing a, a plethora of selected images. TV was just given to us, yeah. right? But now we can Google it, which, yeah. which also uh, exemplifies a layer of choice. Yeah. Before, we just looked at a movie that we might have enjoyed. Yeah, if you're talking about rampant internet usage, it's probably less than 20 years. I mean, like, because because in in 2000, yes, we all had internet, but the images would load slowly and it was yeah. crap and it made a funny yeah. noise. So, so people are saying there's some confusion on that, that last segment. It's basically you take cavemen, you put a TV in front of them with all the animals that they want to eat and the food that they want to eat. The brain can't process the difference between an actual animal and a TV image of an animal. And yeah. we're not that different. It's not de Beauvoir. It was Baudrillard. Sorry, guys. Yeah, Baudrillard. I knew it was a French philosopher who began with a B. Um, Baudrillard, not de Beauvoir. So uh, to, to tie it back into the relationship thing, you have an infinite amount of simulations that play out relationships that might even be better than yours. And because it's so in front of you, we are like the cavemans looking at a TV screen of fruit, but instead of fruit, they're potentially perfect relationships or really hot girls with like fat booties or really hot dudes with like really swole triceps or whatever the fuck, you know? So it's the same fucking thing. It's just a different medium or different outlet of it. Hmm. <laughs> so then... Is part of the problem in this sort of Mexican standoff, this Reservoir Dogs uh, scene, that everybody fears the opportunity cost of not getting what they could have had. We're driven by uh, FOMO, the fear of missing out, opportunity cost and economics. Yeah, I mean, it's it's how any product uh, markets themselves. Limited edition, you know, buy it now, buy it three days, otherwise it's going to disappear. And you can also... also uh, weigh out all the other options of what you want to buy immediately it's like you you have a fucking boyfriend or girlfriend you just check out your fucking tinder and you see an infinite plethora of other options like that you don't even have to the thing is you don't have to act out on it but the fact that it's still there as an illusion of choice is enough to skew your actual judgment i think well we've painted a pretty baleful picture so far pierre it doesn't sound very hopeful to me how then do we, what do we do to fix this? Is there a fix to this? Let the lockdowns happen, baby. Dictatorship. <laughs> Wear your masks. <laughs> Wear your masks. Yes, this is the only way out. 
Um, yeah, uh, that, that's a tough one, man. Like, like you said, it's toothpaste out of the tube, man, except there's 3,000 toothpaste bottles, different brands with different flavors and different bottle shapes and different uh, breath cleansing mechanisms, you know? Okay, so what what is the point of a relationship now? Like what, uh, let's, let's you and I try and answer the question. Okay. What's, what's the benefit of a relationship now? from where you are today, from where I am today? It, it would just be purely emotional companionship, I think. I don't know. What okay. do you think? I think there's, um, there's companionship. Um, there's the, uh, there's the, 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 the play that takes place in a relationship. It's fun. Yeah, fun, fun, yeah. Uh, so you have companionship, which is... I actually think that makes you feel more human. I think an experience it sounds, again, it sounds cheesy, but an experience is a better experience when it's shared. You know that cheesy shit in relationships where you have stories yeah. and you remember the time that yeah. you went to the place and the yeah. thing with the, and there's something in that. Of course. It's, 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 but perhaps it's healthy narcissism. It feeds the ego. It's, it feels good. Of course. You don't get that single. Um, emotional stability. I know that relationships, can bring terrible amounts of emotional instability but if you if it's the right partner and it's developed in the right way you get emotional stability and wouldn't you be relieved to get out of the game there's a there's a stress in the hustle so, right as you were talking i was actually thinking about that right perhaps if i was so sick mm -hmm. of flipping around in casual situations without any emotional context there, mm -hmm. perhaps there is a threshold where you start reaching for that okay but i wouldn't purely for the state of the culture and the world that we live in that's that that honestly is one of my biggest barriers with that it i know we should just trust and we should give each other's give each other free will i i'm all for that the world we live in right now is the tsunami crashing into the church it's so fucking powerful the person that cheats on you can still love you but they're getting hit by the wave, no pun intended. You know what I mean? <laughs> they get the sploshed. Wave, the, the wave is splooshing them. Yeah. The wave is clapping them cheeks. Yeah. So then the, the next best thing is just maybe you're in a committed <laughs> open thing, yeah. you know? Because there's the, the wave is too big. The wave is just too fucking big, man. Okay. So the weight of the movement in culture is too big. So so um, we obviously we haven't really discussed this. Uh, so uh, what I heard you say, I think, is you would want that, but you're really worried that the consequence of you giving somebody your trust would be that it would be exploited. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Res I would... Reservoir dogs. Yeah, yeah. You put your gun down first. Well, that's, right. that's pretty dumb in this situation. Right. But <laughs> actually doesn't okay, make sense. So, so if you guys don't know Reservoir Dogs, it's just a, without any spoiling anything, there's a scene where a bunch of people are holding their guns at each other. And they all want to kill each other, but the moment one shot fires, everyone's dead. So they have to figure out what to do. Um, in in this particular situation, the 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 cultural push out that surrounds us, it's too powerful, man. It would be dumb for you to imagine Reservoir Dogs, six whoever, six people are pointing guns at each other, mm. but there's a natural disaster happening. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> would you stop? <laughs> Okay, hang on. Say it again. So, uh, so I'm in Reservoir Dogs. Everybody's pointing the guns at each other, but then 
there's a tsunami coming or a meteor coming or something. Yeah. Because at that point, why the fuck would you put down a gun if you also have an external danger outside of the people pointing the gun at you? There's there's double the danger. Hang on. So, okay. So this is men and women pointing guns at each other, uh, waiting to pull the trigger. What's the external threat? Is that the force of culture moving you in a certain Yes. Th- okay. Yes. Opulence and option. The waves, the tsunami hitting the old church. You, you turn on... Dude... How the fuck do we know certain mainstream songs that we've never listened to? How do we know certain choruses from shit that we don't even like? It's so powerful that like you're not even paying attention. You know some TikTok trend. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, how the fuck do I even know the chorus of this song? I've never listened to the entire song on my own. There was that track I was telling you about (laughs) that's called La La La. And uh, I knew it. Yeah. And it was a TikTok thing. And I'm like, I don't even fucking watch TikTok. But when I heard the track, I knew the chorus. So you're saying it's so um, ubiquitous. It's so pervasive. It's so out there that you're just soaked in it, whether you like it or not. You can't escape it. You can't fucking escape it. I mean, I know there's a lot of people in here that are more anti-social media already, but we wouldn't be able to have this conversation if we didn't use the platform, you know? It, it, it's 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 unavoidable. You can plug, you can unplug. I mean, go for it. But I mean, you're gonna probably figure out some TikTok chorus later down the line. Or, or you, you might megaphone, you know? and it, and it might not be um, it might not be right to have social media carry the can for this one. Though it is a tool. It's a tool. It, it's a weapon. Um, so um, there's two things then that you distrust, and I distrust also, which is. Um, what is the person that I'm going to be in a relationship with? What do they really believe? Like how many guns, how many guns are they holding? How many people? And then I don't trust them. And then I also don't trust the culture that's conditioning them. I don't trust the wave they're, they're riding. So there's two things to be threatened by. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely what the external motivation, the Illuminati's motivation is untrustworthy, but even without the agenda there, mm. options are present. And that doesn't not have to have an insidious motivation. Yeah, because, okay, so the Illuminati thing could be keep people away from each other, stop them from having sex, stop them from being in love, they'll buy more. But there is also just, we've done this to ourselves. Like the unconscious has come to, we've built something that we, we was, was supposed to be our slave and it's actually become our master. Right. Humans want options. Right. No, dude, try to... It would be very hard to find a non-religious monk, an average human being that says, I don't want options. People want options. Yeah, because more options, you're genetically and evolutionarily hardwired because more options is always better. Yeah, but not not even with mates. Just with anything. With anything. Fucking knives, fucking water bottles. People want options. Places to sleep in the environment. Uh, Yes, if you have options, you could even say that power is options pretty kind of yeah the, freedom uh, is options maybe yeah 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 and and i think the actual the power that comes with having it's not having options the power of the concept of options itself the actual idea of the options mm. is the power that it has over us okay so so there's a hyper real element to options yeah so you actually have the options themselves which is great and then you have the enjoyment that you have <laughs> okay. options. We're fucked. This is okay. getting fucking We're like, fucked. this is like on another territory. Like, I, I, this did, is I like... did not prepare for this well enough. I didn't, I didn't think you would go there. I'm struggling. Because I want to give people 
hope, but I'm also like, well, hang on a second. You've got to tell the truth. Like what's, I do want to give people hope, but then at the same time, we have to tell the whole truth about what the problem is. Right, right. And just through this conversation, I'm like, oh, oh shit, I did not thought of that. Okay, maybe the idea of hope could stem in the fact that we eventually reach a threshold with option. That that's that's from what I see, that's the solution is if we get in get tired of the hedonistic indulgent options that are presented oh, around okay. us. Okay. So I was gonna say through discipline you move past options because you want something better. Right. But actually I think yours is probably a little more human, a little more realistic. We just get fucking sick of it. Yeah. Get sick of the game. That's, I mean, you, you'll see certain stories of people who write books and shit who choose a simpler life after living a life of, uh, I'm, yeah, like like certain people, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly who, but maybe some really rich rock star musician or something. It doesn't happen often. They either overdose on drugs or they just lead a new life of discipline. That's kind of one or the other. You, mm -hmm. you have two, two avenues when you reach that extremity of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You have all that shit all the people you want to flip, all the resources, all that stuff, you either die from the indulgences or you just renovate your life to live through a more narrow uh, it's, way. It's, it's the Buddhist story, right? That's the story yeah. of Buddha. Oh, shit. That's Buddhist. Yeah, that's he's, right. That's he's in right. denial, but it's, it's in his heart. It's in his soul. <laughs> Buddhism, this man's a true Buddhist. <laughs> what can I say, man? So he had all the opulence, all of the options, all of the physical pleasure you could imagine and then turned his back on it because he saw it as a source of suffering. Right. He saw that pleasure right. as he had the clear sight and the foresight to go, yeah, it feels good now, but where does it go? And then in the, in the future, it's gonna suck. It's gonna be painful. Right. But at, at that level of experience, it's no longer future because the it becomes an amalgamous parallel of pleasure and suffering. When you go through that cycle so many fucking times, the pleasure gets associated with the suffering involved. Oh, and this is why I've fallen in love with the weekend, because yeah. he he can sum that up in lyrics. Yeah, it's 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 pleasure and pain in one. In well, one. Is it one of his albums like Pain and Pleasure or something? I don't know. Maybe somebody else. But but yeah, that's but the, the, ethos. the consistent ethos, the consistent theme that I'm really I'm new to the weekend. <laughs> I'm really enjoying is yeah. the ability to poetically sum up. I have all these options and that each one I take is fucking torturing me. Mm. And I love this lifestyle, but it's slowly killing me. <laughs> right. And I mean, I mean, knock on wood, he's an amazing artist, but say if he did live the way that he's saying, I mean, this could be a fictionalized, you yeah, know, he could be a persona a meditating you know? vegan. At home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who knows? But like, if you were to listen to an artist like that, I mean, look at Nirvana, mm. look at Kurt Cobain, Jim, mm. Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix. Mm. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Mm. Uh, that pain is in line with suffering. I mean, right. they, those guys, it's like seven out of 10 of them, they all overdose because the reach for pleasure, it comes becomes synonymous with pain at that point. Fucking Allah. It's, well, it's a lot to process. Okay. Right. So the advantages of the relationship again is if you're you have emotional stability, you have it's fun, you have companionship. If it's good, it's fun. You have companionship, you're kind of building a life together. There's um you can rely on someone. If they're if they're really on your team and they're not always my job is narcissistic abuse and codependency so sometimes yeah, yeah. they ain't on your fucking team right but it is possible to be on somebody's team yeah do the advantages of that outweigh the advantages of keeping the options open 
I'm at a point where I'm generally a very like intrinsic person, as materialistic as I can come across. Like I'm very internal and mm. introspective. And I think a lot of it lies on a person's subjective free will to do whatever the fuck they need to do. But uh, I'm almost convinced like there needs to be an external link somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can't escape external if you're a human yeah, being. No, There's no can't. fucking way. You can't. You can't. You can't. No, no. It's it's a, it's stupid, naive, solipsistic. No, dude. Personal development horseshit yeah, to say. Yeah, being purely subjective is called being being in psychosis. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, literally yeah. a crazy yeah, person. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. the definition of psychosis is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You're so far in your objective subjective world that you can't interact with the external. Just in case me and Pierre are talking code here because we talk to each other okay. a lot. Um, so the the point here is you can't be the only person in an environment who feels one way if the people around you are doing something else and think that it's going to work out okay for you. No. It fucking isn't. The external is the social environment. When Pierre's referencing the external, he's saying right. the social environment needs to change. Yeah. You, so if that monogamous long-term thing has to work, I'm convinced there needs to be at least one or a few external links that solidify it. If you want to go through just pure emotional bonding and love and stuff like that, that's great. It works for a different, a certain amount of time. Yeah. But as humans in an external reality, the social environment, I'm convinced that you need one or more links externally to make it work. Um, yeah. Okay. Well that, so just to be clear in defining the problem here, you couldn't, you couldn't solipsistically do this on your own and you can't flow against the stream of the environment. That's not going to work. So you either need somebody who's as crazy as you are, who's broken cultural conditioning and yeah. they've left, mm -hmm. they've left culture. There ain't a ton of them around mm -hmm. or you need to start like a new movement or a cult or a religion <laughs> Yeah, man. Like, how uh, the fuck else would you like? How do you get everybody on board? You can't. Sure. If there's a hundred people and only five people aren't really on board, they would fuck everybody else up. Yeah, yeah. Because they would just be exploiting everybody. Going, yeah, yeah, I'm down for this. Yeah, and there's always going to be those people. Clap them cheeks and leave. Clap them cheeks and leave. <laughs> uh, so there is a there's a <laughs> flip and dip, flip and dip. Um, you can you can confirm the like, if you can validate this. I don't know if it's necessarily one hundred percent true. I think it is. I would assume, but it says Buddha also realized that his own happiness was bound up with the happiness of others. Meaning came meaning came from caring about others just as much as himself. That's interesting. It's interesting. Would, like like yeah, the idea of of compassion and of being uh, part of a collective. I mean, he yeah. had disciple. He had twelve disciples. Yeah. Like so Jesus. there there is an external link there. Yeah. So in terms of monogamous long-term relationships, marriage, whatever you want to call it, I, I just think that there needs to be some other external elements that solidify it to, to have that be committed long-term intrinsically is uh, uh, going to be, I don't very, very difficult, if not impossible. Okay. All right. So let's reach for hope. If there's two people who are on the same page, like yeah. say you met a girl, she was perfect for you on paper and then you got to know her and she's actually, she's perfect for you, not just on paper, not just in theory, but in action. And she actually agrees with everything that you're saying here. She's like, it's fucked up. I don't want to be a part of that. I want to sort of get, get away from that. Would you give it the chance to try? 
would you would you spin the wheel and take the risk? I would try it. You try. I would try it if she convinced you that she really yeah. was down for that. I, I I would try it. I'm always up to attempt. Yeah, you know. Uh, but knowing, I mean, what we know, I I don't know. Ex- maybe it's best not to hold expectations to the result. Okay. But I'm open to try it. I think the the hope that you can find in this situation is that the experiences that you have even temporarily with that significant other doesn't go to waste if it's not long term. Is this our karma for cooking people? I don't know what you're talking about. That was a joke. (laughs) Should we take some questions? Yeah. So I'm just like, I will deal with the temporary situations that I have grown from and I've found some enjoyment in in them Mm. as, as well as I hope they do too. But in terms of like that long-term elongated satisfaction, I don't know. I'm very happy to see people in relationships. I'd be very happy to see you in a no, relationship. I even said on live stream last night, I was like, yo, if there, there, there were people like asking me, like, how do I become let, uh, more detached from my feelings? How do I like flip without gaining feelings? I was like, no, 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 no. If that's who you are, you gain feelings from it. And the other person reciprocates, just fucking go for it. If you hold that nuclear family and the white picket fence with a dog and two children, you're mm. married and, you, mm. and you, nothing goes wrong. Mm. Please don't try to live like me. Yeah. Don't try to fucking emulate yourself over me. If that works for you, please go for it. I'm, I'm glad you raised that because obviously we didn't set the context before, which is we're both single and we've both been through fucking awful relationships, which means that everything we say is slightly dipped in <laughs> that cynicism and yeah. bitterness and yeah, trauma yeah. of. I mean, um, I mean, there are people like that do maintain those long-term marriages and relationships and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I can't help to be biased because I only know from so much of my own subjective experiences. Mm. And but there have been all of most, I mean, ninety percent of my subjective yeah. experiences. Yeah. When I do see that situation occur and it works for them, then fuck yeah, just go for it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes, and maybe both partners don't know what's happening behind the right, scenes. Right, right, Like, but. If it if it evol- uh, enables like a healthy connection to raise children in and, and everybody's morally aligned, then I mean, fuck, please do that instead of you know what I've gone through. Like, goddamn. But would you want kids? No, no. Mm. It's a hard no. I know that I would uh, fuck them up unintentionally. You know what I mean? I got too many blind spots. I felt like that at your age, and I think I would have. I think you might be right. Yeah. It's not like a patronizing comment. You yeah. actually could be completely fucking accurate. I would have fucked kids up at, at uh, age 28. Yeah, right. I think before the age of like 38, I would have been. But I think uh, I think the situation with kids is like you have to accept that that's a possibility. You know what I mean? I think like, it's probably more than a possibility. It's an inevitability. It's a question of how much you're going to fuck them up because you, you know, with the best will in the world, with the best education in the world, just you're going to yeah. do some damage. I mean, it's just the way it is. Oh, this is, a, this is a great question with my uh, from a boy, SF here. Uh, uh, I gotta find it. A lot of people have tuned in for this, you know. Yeah, I, I think well, this was a really good discussion so far, man. Holy mm. shit, we really went deep, man. Um, sorry, it's not been very hopeful so far. <laughs> we do believe theoretically in love, though. Advice: buy into the illusion, and if it works for you, if that illusion works for you, then fucking do it. Um, how, why you got to say illusion? Why you got to be like that? What makes magic fun is that the fact that it's an illusion that you believe. Um. Well, how would you contrast the perceived need for long-term relationships to independent self-reliance? Great question. Um, 
I don't, again, you could, I could end up sounding like I'm being trite and Oprah Winfrey-ish. So the idea, (laughs) the utopian ideal would be you actually have two independent human beings who have done nothing less than face their own unconscious and made it conscious. Like I don't, I don't see two deeply unconscious, culturally brainwashed people making it. Unless they do it in a very, to use the lingo, blue pill way. you got to buy the illusion. you got to buy the illusion, consume the illusion, and say we're happy with the illusion. So if they're switched on, woke, uh, then you would need to, you'd need to go as far along that path as you could and be like, look, um, we, we are going to have to have some very unromantic conversations here. We are going to have to talk in 2020 lingo, which is, like spirituality, psychoanalysis, you've got to deal with your blind spots because you, when, you, when you're unconscious, this is one of the, the best things I ever heard Jordan Peterson say. I have tons of criticism of him, but when it comes to relationship psychology, the dude's been in a relationship since he was 16. He knows what the fuck he's talking about. And he was uh, on one of his podcasts was describing in great detail about what happens when you come into contact with another person's unconscious in a relationship. And it's frightening because it activates your unconscious as well. So they're freaking out from a point of unconsciousness to use the lingo. They're an emotional flashback. All of their previous trauma comes up and that <laughs> triggers all of yours. So you have two people freaking the fuck out from a place of unconsciousness, kind of attacking each other, but they're attacking each other as an avatar of previous partners and of their own wounds. Oh yeah. Very hopeful. <laughs> I, I, I've said this before, like, uh, <laughs> I'm so happy. Um, <laughs> I've said this before. Relationships, in in my opinion, uh, in the u- in the utility of it, the practicality of it, is not necessarily long term rom com fantasy novel, but rather learning experience to showcase the unconscious elements of who you are as a person. Anybody who's been in part of a relationship has learned about themselves. Yes. I don't give a fuck about who you yes, are, man. Yes, I don't. Yes, I don't yes. care. You're if you're a human being, you're a part of a relationship. Yes, toxic positive, whatever, I don't care. You've learned more about yourself. That's the utility behind relationships, in my opinion. And maybe you could even argue that part of the collective unconscious is coming to this place. You know, yeah. like, yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. Jade, yeah. Jade has become a meme with the entanglement thing. And we're all laughing at that, but we all know intrinsically what, what, that, is. what that is. We all fucking know. Yeah, we, that's we so know. interesting. We, yeah, we all know. Whoa. That, no, you're right. So You're right. So we're, yeah. we all go, oh, yeah, entangled. Oh, yeah, yeah. We... You know, this person was hurting. Yeah, but dude, why the <laughs> fuck are we pretending? Like we all pretend we, we all don't know. know. <laughs> we all fucking know what that is. This gorgeous young man was hurting. I tried to heal him by fucking him better, and we became entangled. <laughs> we all know what that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. collective unconscious is stronger than ever because I think the link through the internet too. Right, right. So yeah. actually, the internet creates this openness at the unconscious level where we can yep. see we can see that, and it beca- the things that become a meme are things that strike the chord at the collective unconscious. And we all go, yeah. Whether you're condemning her or praising her, we at least can all agree. We know what the fuck is yeah. up. It doesn't matter what your opinion <laughs> of is and whose side you're on. Yeah. You know the actual yeah, narrative. You know. You know that that's that's an archetypal human storyline. Yeah. That, that I think that's why so many people tuned into it too. It's even just, even the memes of Will sat there with this smile on his face and tears. It's, it's just oh, heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh-huh. We've men and women. We've all sat there with the smile on the face, going, uh-huh. "Everyone's been there." Uh-huh. And if you haven't, you will one day. Yeah, you will. You know. <laughs> Oh man, entangled, karmic entanglement. 
<clears throat> let's see. Um, are you both eggs and not potatoes? As in boiling water being in difficult situations makes the egg hard and the potato soft? Never heard that metaphor before. I think most people get hard. I'm going to, heck yes. Um, I'm just going to just glaze over that comment there. Who gets soft in the face of trauma? I don't think, I don't, not many people get soft in the face of trauma. Some people do. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah. Some people, some people just come weak and they cave in on themselves, man. You know, because, yeah, it's just too much. You just you're like, fuck it. I'm it makes retreating. me hard. <laughs> you're supposed to be this. I'm the sensible one. You're right, supposed right. to be a psychology expert okay, here. Okay. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> that was my unconscious. That was the id speaking. Uh-huh. Um, monogamous and polygamous relationships, polyamorous relationships have been normal throughout history. It just depends on who you are. Today we're socialized to be monogamous, but it doesn't have to be like that. That's, that's an interesting point. Uh, uh, all I would say is when people say it's natural or throughout history, can I just tell you something about uh, monogamous and poly polygamous relationships? They were at the point of a sword, my friend. There weren't like people in harems going, I fucking love being in this harem with this fat king. It's fucking great. They were told, if you're not, we'll chop your head off. And if it's voluntary, <laughs> the next option to not be part of the harem is to get dysentery and die in your fucking wool smock if you want a horrifying and it's very tough to read there was a um there was a film called the 13th warrior uh with antonio banderas it's based on a true story an arabic uh, a moorish arab uh, scholar lived with vikings with um i'm not sure that they they might have not been um swedish they might have been uh, ross vikings but nevertheless he gives very graphic descriptions because he's a muslim it's monogamy. It's 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 marriage. It's in the eyes of, of of Allah, and he was appalled. But trying to be a scientist, he's just writing it down of what people were doing, like what Vikings would do with with captured uh, slaves and with the with the captured women. And he, if you've got the stomach for it and can read it, he wrote it down. Uh, it goes right the way through to human sacrifice. And yeah. when you add the violence of the world, we've evolved in we just don't know it now i want to add on to that what we briefly touched on it took me a while to kind of to gather this murder was just as common as sex it was just as a common occurrence as people having sex if you look at any art past 1600 even after that whatever people were dying from diseases and killing each other effortlessly consequence free just if you disagreed with somebody you fucking died mm. there's a museum of torture in prague mm. the, the the vile contraptions <laughs> that people would invent mm. to satiate their bloodthirstiness is appalling man it's fucking disgusting but it's so common and we are finally at a time where it's apparently the lowest amount of, of murder rates in, in the yeah. human history. Yeah, like, it's, so a, it's a hugely unviolent period in human history, which is why when you look at why we're so fucking crazy, we're so full of rage and so full of lust and so full of fear, it's because we're the ones who survived. All the humans who were chill, they died. They're out the fucking oh gene Oh, my pool. God. That's why we're crazy. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we're the fucking... We're the ones who lived. We're the... We're the we are the children of the most savage people of hundreds of thousands of years of evolution. I never even fucking thought about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But we're, that's we're pure. Vile. That's pure Darwinism. <laughs> that's pure survival of the fittest. 
and, the, that, and now we just go here's opulence and here's yeah. safety. Oh, I know, <laughs> dude. We okay. So human. It's a, to briefly summarize in in basic English here because that's how I understand shit. Is we just gave all of the world's wealth to descendants of pure murderers and psychopaths. <laughs> we wouldn't exist right now if it wasn't for the psychopaths of generations past yeah. because survival of the fittest, yeah. the weak, the complaining, the whiny, mm -hmm. all just got slaughtered. Mm -hmm. they, the, the, the only ones that had the survival genes passed down were this just complete fucking psychopaths and they're like, oh, here's opulence. Yeah, Here's all the options and wealth and all the fucking resources you ever want. That's why we're so fucked up now. There was there was um, the graves uh, dug up in uh, the UK of uh, of soldiers, and they thought they'd been the soldiers who'd fought against the French um, for for multiple battles and multiple years. And the fascinating thing was to see the uh, the number of injuries that people just lived with, and they went on for years. They kept going into battle with like their arm not working. Oh, it was cut off two years ago, and they keep their heads smashed in, their faces smashed in. These were people that were so tough, our ancestors, that we needed instruments of torture. So if you said to a peasant, do what I say, well, fuck off, mate. I'm raised in death. I'm raised in torture. My life is torture. So we needed the torture devices. That's why they're so awful. This is getting dark. It's dark. dark. It's dark. But the, the, re the, reason, the reason why is because I think it's easy to lose context, historical context. Why are we like this? Why is this so hard? Are we just crazy? Are we spoiled? Okay, but we are spoiled. And yes, we are crazy, but this is why we're crazy. Mm. And and it's important, you know, because this uh, this gentleman raised the issue of polyamorous, polygamous, and monogamous relationships. You must understand the, the, this is not the environment that, like, if you were a peasant and you knew a Viking king, of course, you would feel a certain way for them, but it's not like you're going, oh, he's really hot and he's really boff. It's like, that's the dude with all the food. That's the dude who can kill everybody else. It's, we, we, we keep extracting violence because it makes us uncomfortable, but violence as, a, um, as an organizing principle for human psychology and the way society wow, functions man. is extremely important. Extremely important. Instead, instead of bowing down near the king and queen's robes, we like their photos in hopes for them yeah. to notice us. Yeah, yeah. To share the clout and the rich riches. We are we are psychopaths. We are murderers. We are survivors. But we are also slaves. We are also the ones who've survived serfdom. So your your ancestors were were not nobility. My ancestors were fucking not nobility. So we survived massive hardship, and that's what we're used to. No options. Do as you're told. If you need to, fuck someone up. <laughs> if they try and steal your cow, bash their head in. I wonder what, like, what are the alien species our consciousness could, could exist in? Because we're we got like a really fucking violent, primal roll of the dice, man. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. So, so now we say to us as we are now, how are you going to do love? How are you going to? So all the resources that your ancestors battled and died for, for hundreds of thousands of years, you now have them. Don't take them. Don't take the option. The, the only utopian option that I can see to fix it is literal utopian spiritual growth. So this There's is no fucking other option. 100% agree with you. 100% agree. The only, as I'm thinking, got to give them something hopeful, got to give them something hopeful. Yeah. It's it's spiritual. You must have yeah. a spiritual revolution 
that transcends the ego, the material, the violence, the lower chakras, the fucking and the killing. Yeah. We actually have to grow. It, it's either that, repeat the same cycle, or go even further down that path. Back to medieval times. We'll go feudal again. Yeah. Yeah. The only option is to grab our consciousness by the balls and say, ah, get out there. Right. And you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you have to really be spiritually attuned. Otherwise, there's no other option. That's the only fucking option. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you can't, you definitely. One of the things that I'd like people to take away from this talk is you're not going to get your perfect relationship in exactly the way you want without altering the fundamental nature of your consciousness. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Let's leave it at that. That's great. You down for one more? Or? Yes, sir. Do you uh, re do you really not believe in a mon monogamy whatsoever, or is it the state of jadedness? I find it hard to spiritual to go spiritually deep with someone if I'm constantly entertaining all of my options. No, I think we both believe in monogamy. I think you've misunderstood us. Yeah. We just we're just saying it's very, very, very challenging to do it naively and sincerely yeah. in this environment. We believe in it, but what we have been doing is entertaining, not entertaining, or speaking and commentating on the state of humanity as a whole that doesn't allow for that circumstance to transpire. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, just to reiterate that point, we're taking it away from psychology, which puts it on the individual and says, can you do monogamy, Pierre? Can you do monogamy, Richard? And we're saying, well, hang on a second. What are you asking us to do? You're asking us to put our guns down when all the guns are pointed at us? Yeah. Fuck off. No. But if we're all going to do it, which would take a spiritual mm -hmm. ascendance, mm -hmm. then sure. Sure. But don't ask me to be a mug because I'm not getting mugged. <laughs> That's right. Uh Oh, there is, there's a good, do you, do you think it's possible for spiritual evolution to work on a personal level or it needs to be societal? I think for this conversation, when it applies to love, it must be societal. It has to be, it has to be, fuck, what if it starts from the same place as like fucking veganism or whatever the fuck, where people start as a trend or whatever, I don't mm. give a fuck what the damn, where it first sprouts, mm. it just needs to be a part of this value that we need inherently in interacting with each other. Like that's the only way, like if we, if we go any other way, it's just doom, you know? I, I, I'll add an addendum to that. I'll add an addendum to that, which maybe at an individual level, like this kind of conversation can occur. The thing I've noticed with ideology and philosophy is if you have a better one than the person you're sat in front of and you can convey it well, they'll go with you. So, therefore yes at a personal level but you must be asking the person you're interacting with to join you where you are you're like i'm not joining you there Come, this is what i think this is what i believe needs to happen can you join are you interested in joining me here because it's better and then yeah that's it's yeah. not going to be an easy sales pitch but people want love they yes. want love so they might go with you so another layer uh in addition to what we're saying is like I'm not necessarily saying just give into the system, but I'm aware of the context of the transitory period that we're in. We're still very primitive learning about opulence options and social media and the internet. It's still in its infancy and to let down that guard, to put down your weapon at this moment in time is like stepping into war without a bow and arrow or a rifle. Mm. Maybe later on, Perhaps, but unless everybody collectively puts on their weapons at 
uh, simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Yes. But right now in, in the current state of adolescent social media culture, it's just not the appropriate time to just jump in and believe mm -hmm. that no one's going to cheat on you. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's, I'm, I'm living up, I grew up in this generation and I know the music, I know the films. I have been around people my age, younger and older. I've been around and had enough decent life experience to realize and have a good radar where the culture is. Don't, it's not the time to just kumbaya right away. That's good, that's gonna be a progress. Mm. Perhaps we can listen to the lectures with rifles in hand and then through more fucking lectures we could put it down or whatever you know what i mean but in, in the meantime it's like put it down uh no no you know like <laughs> no you first <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm just i'm viewing it more of a, of a practical a practical sense if anything yeah yeah we're not uh not spouting like personal development new age like oh just trust and the universe will reward you it fucking won't don't trust the fucking universe <laughs> stop trusting the fucking you know what the universe does gave us covita and and like these conspiratorial reactions to it that's what the universe gave us you know what i mean be practical as, uh, at a human level but still attune yourself to uh where you are internally somebody said i'm not going to wait for other people to join me where my highest ideals are so, no no way Okay, my answer to you is, who's going to be in a relationship with you? We're talking about relationships. It's always about other people. It doesn't matter where you are. If the other person won't join you there, what are you going to do? You're going to be a code. You're going to be a. You'll be coming to me saying, "Oh, I was with a narcissist and I was a codependent," because you're living at your your. You put down your gun first. You put down the fucking gun first. Exactly. You'll be fucked. And I don't think I don't think everybody should just hold on to their weapons. Again, we're in a very infantile transitory period in human history if you put down your gun right now and you end up meeting somebody with a pistol because that's what attracted to you towards him or her you put down the gun first you're gonna go see him for life coaching advice <laughs> everyone uh, y'all know him because of this come on <laughs> be real man um how, how many more do you want to go through you i'm, I'm happy to do another couple yeah yeah, if you ask, so, yeah, yeah. definitely um Dude, I have a tiny bladder, Jesus Christ. Uh, maybe it could be the best of both worlds, flipping recklessly while actively filtering possible options until you find someone you resonate best with the resonate with the bet resonate the best with with the possibility of long-term relation. It's kind of what I'm doing, man. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. That, that's kind of the route that I'm taking right now. I'm gonna go urinate again. <laughs> I, I um I think that uh you 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 pro you probably will find like a practical level over over time that um one mode of being and living life might preclude the possibility of the other mode of being there are things that that happen uh, to us at a hormonal emotional and psychological level that might not cause us to be in alignment um psychologically and perhaps even spiritually with somebody who we could create a safe connection with. Um, I, I do suspect one precludes the other. I'm not, I, I can't speak as a guru or a black belt or a little man on a mountain on this one because I've not, I've not lived it. My suspicion is if you're living one way, it's probably going to, it's pro probably going to preclude the possibility of living the other way. But what do I know? Oh, 
Okay, if you guys have any questions, if you can make them like one sentence long and end in a question mark, that would be that would be lovely. I have a point. Oh, Pierre has a point. Hold your breath, everybody. Pierre's bringing us a point. <laughs> the croissant is here. And uh, to, to bring some clarification of why I consistently mention practicality, I view relations very practicality practically because the biggest disservice I have ever done in my life as a continuing theme is not acknowledge the practical natures of living as a human being. I've ignored money. I've ignored my image. I've ignored um, the reality of relationships. They have all done me disservices. My life only really got better when I met in the middle of what human reality wants. You got to make money, man. You got to care about your image. And you also got to come in tune with the reality of uh, relationships and your yeah. life will be a lot less suffering. You'll yeah. definitely still suffer here and there. Yeah. But my life has gotten a lot better because I acknowledge practicality in my life. Yeah, this is true. There's no, there's no doubt. Pure utopian spirituality is going to go nowhere for me. I was there. I was yeah. there. And it didn't did it not help me. It did not help me. Um. Uh, so should both sides end up compromising? It uh, depends what they're compromising for. And uh, in a utopian world, I guess, yeah. I, I think it depends on the kind of relationship that you're creating. Um, again, I have to keep qualifying with this Oprah Winfrey thing. I don't want to sound like I'm talking shite. Uh, if you're going the route of I'm saying, okay, we're going to do the spiritual way, you're, so, and you're not pointing guns at each other anymore. What are you pointing at each other? What you need to be pointing at each other is the intent that whatever is the best expression of the other human being that helps them fulfill their purpose, that's what you're focused on. And they do the same for you. Mm -hmm. And it takes enormous courage to do that because you may cause them to grow in a way that leads them to leave you. But I don't see, I, I, these are lofty aspirations here. I don't see another option. I don't see another way of doing it. Now, hopefully, if you lived in that way for a length of time and you were actually committed to living that way, if they did come to a place where they'd grown where they were leaving you, it wouldn't destroy you. It wouldn't torture you. You'd be able to live with it and move on. Somebody, you, somebody called me Richard Winfrey, you cheeky what bastard. What do you read this comment? How do you feel about this? <laughs> Let's slide past it, Pierre. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm just like, I got to hold. Come on now. Emotional literacy. Yes, let's. Yes. All right. All right. Restraint. All right. I look young. I know. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, what I heard is, Pierre, I think you're beautiful and I'm frustrated that I don't get to be with you tonight. Oh, stop. Um, have you two never had a successful relationship where no one cheated? Uh, If it wasn't the cheating, it was the abuse. <laughs> tell him, tell him, tell if, him the fucking truth. If tell it was, <laughs> if it wasn't cheating, it was fucking abuse. Which yeah, is a kind man. of it's a kind of cheating. It's a kind of cheating in its own way. And and look, you can you can automatically the, the number one response I get is like, you're picking the wrong people. All right, okay. 
if that is it's so trite, that's I know. so fucking trite. It's like if if that is the case, let's go with that narrative. I picked the wrong people. Then it's that your means fault. it's my fault, right? <laughs> I'll take it. Whatever. It's my fault. At that point, I have terrible judgment. If I'm if I'm ten for ten terrible judgment, then why the fuck would I trust my own judgment? I'm not gonna do it anymore. Yeah. If we if you want to buy that narrative of like if I genuinely just accidentally pick the rotten lemon every single time then that I have absolutely terrible judgment. I'm not going to bother with that now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it becomes that narrative becomes a double bind that then becomes well, I'll never do that again. So I'll do this. Exactly. I'm just going to like not do it or fucking find a different fruit stand or like whatever the fuck, you know? What I mean, I'm not going to pick one because apparently I picked the, the rotten one right. every time. So. Right, right. Yeah. Um People are shocked that you were abused in a relationship. I saw some comments there. Really? Yeah. Where? Uh, it was a little bit further up. You were abused in a relationship, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, of course. I, I mean, psychologically, it, it, but it is different to, to, it's difficult to prove, but if you watch his videos, you'll know that it's true. I, I've heard Pierre's stories. He's definitely been targeted <laughs> for some pretty extreme emotional abuse. Yeah. yeah. As have I. <laughs> That's why we get along, huh? Um... Pierre, the real life is not as complicated as what the media looks like. Thanks for that. Um, when we see a relationship as all things material and see its impermanence and recognize the soul in another, do you feel more appreciation or gratitude for taking hold or more growth? That's that's the ideal. That's what we're. That's what we're. That's the aspiration. Is that of course, if you are actually, let's say, Richard Winfrey now. Um, if, if we were meeting at that level, then yes, you would feel more gratitude and appreciation and, uh, uh, you would feel honored to be with that person. You'd feel grateful for every moment you spent with that person. And, uh, I do think that's possible. Uh, don't become cynical. Thank you. Now, if anything, cynicism has helped me live a better life. It's not cynicism, it's realism with a, with a touch of cynicism. Mm. Without that fucking overlying, bearing fucking fruit basket ho hovering above my head, thinking that I can actually reach it. Mm -hmm. My life has been so much happier accepting this is how things are. Mm. I'm, mm. Not, I'm not thinking that I'm going to be like fucking Prince Charming is some Cinderella anymore. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually... Now I've been happier than I ever been. Really, yeah. I don't know what that says because my threshold's different. But yeah. like, so so that so this kind of thing. Um, uh, if I can, you know, speak psychology for a second, it's like okay, put the um, emphasis back on the individual. Which I'm not. I'm not saying this is victim blaming, but it's next door to victim blaming. There is a cultural and a societal problem. Of course, if you're going to be abused in love, you're going to get hurt and that will manifest as a kind of cynicism because you're traumatized. You know, it's not like, oh, just a series of wonderful people that you left for no good fucking reason. Everything was fantastic. Your friends. That's not what we're talking about. Like, of, like, would you <laughs> if, if you see people going through horrendous situations, eventually they get a little cynical. They get a little love shy. They get a little intimacy averse. Why are they intimacy averse? Because they're fucking assholes. No, they're intimacy averse because they got hurt in the most intimate spaces. How could they not? And then we just say to them, OK, be intimate with me now, fuck face. And they mm -hmm. go, uh, I actually don't want to. Well, that's a fucking surprise. <laughs> 
pragmatism prag, pragmatism pragmatism yep. that's more along lines that's so that if i'm not if i'm correct or is it just like a living life through practical means yeah that's it. everything is practical that's that's what it is i the again the biggest disservice i've ever done in my life is thinking i lived in a fucking naive fairy tale utopia mm-hmm. that's the worst thing that, if i it, i don't have regrets but if i did I would have been more pragmatic. I would have been more practical and really seen things for what it was. And this is, isn't this the in line with the recurrent theme of like culturally we're in our adolescence and we need to grow up because two adults, when they come together, will go, okay, what is the practical nature of the relationship? Not how does this relationship jerk off my ego forevermore? Yeah. It's like some five-star holiday I'm taking or a delicious meal. You can't consume love. You have to be practical. There's another human being. They have desires and wants and drives and fears and moods and they change and they grow. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for that? Can you hold that? Mm-hmm. Well, if you can't because you're so narcissistic and selfish, you just want for me. What am I getting for me? And then you're you're basically a cult. Uh, you have cultural narcissism. You're not NPD. But you have cultural narcissism. Of course, your relationships don't work because you can't let the other person be a person. You do what I was talking about in the beginning, which is pushing people into boxes, pushing them into roles. This is what I need the other person to do. Mm-hmm. Hang on a second, fucker. What, what is it about what you want? Maybe it's not about you yeah. for a minute. <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> yeah, love has become this thing that you just absorb. But even in the giving, the medium of giving, it's through absorption too. It's mm-hmm. never giving to give. It's giving for your yeah, for reciprocation. What you, yeah. Um, what is the difference between radical acceptance and cynicism? And there's another comment uh, that ties in with this too. Thankfully, I'm very naturally practical and logical, but the downside is that you lose that dreamy and hopefulness. So what I think, I'm not going to blame consumer capitalism, whatever the fuck. You may. Yeah. The culture ended up placing an impossible standard of how humanity is. What was it before? Torture instruments mm-hmm. getting ripped apart by th- ten horses tied to each finger, <laughs> fucking rape. Like, like, dude, that's the standard of humanity for the last centuries. Yeah, yeah. That, there was never a fucking standard in human history that said that the, everything is perfect, where you have fucking everything all the goddamn time. Mm-hmm. The standard of what we're supposed to, that's been enforced on us to believe is that. We're supposed to have absolutely everything and live a perfect fucking life. This has never been the standard in humanity for centuries. Mm. Now, whatever, consumer capitalism, whatever the fuck, Illuminati, it doesn't matter where the source is. The cultural narrative right now has set a standard that is so impossible to reach that anything below that is considered cynicism. (laughs) It's not cynicism. It's just fucking reality. Mm. Reality is not fairy tale Prince Charming Cinderella. Mm. The baseline of humanity is considered cynicism because the standards up here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we actually need to we need we really need to look at the at the standards that people expect. I, I'm very uh, fond of blaming consumer capitalism for it because of the brainwashing and the marketing that goes with it. The pan ten, you're worth it. You're wonderful. You need this. You deserve this. That's what you tell children who you want to buy your stuff. Stuff that they don't Santa need. Claus. Yeah, Santa Claus, basically. You know what happens when a kid finds out Santa Claus isn't fucking real? They bawl. They cry. They have a tantrum. They throw shit around. Parents, you lied to me. It was you the whole time giving me gifts. Mm. And that's when people get really fucking erratic when they mm. figure out the nature of hum- humanity with relationships and love and, like, whatever else. It's because they believed in Santa for so goddamn long. Mm. But perhaps if we agreed that Santa wasn't real collectively – 
but we could still provide that substitute for Santa and give us gifts as who we are. Mm. Not this fairy tale, fat, jolly old man that somehow invades your home, getting stuck in the fireplace and just we accept this in home intruder for some reason. <laughs> Maybe we could be each other Santa Claus with the role play. <laughs> Wear the suit, baby. <laughs> yeah. So I mean what I mean if we can accept that as the narrative of like we can be each other's gift giving Santa Claus as a role play or not, perhaps we will we will live a happier life as opposed to convincing each other that an actual man getting squeezed down a chimney is the one giving us our love and gifts. Yeah, this is that's ideology. That's ideology. The, that's the way ideology functions. That's what Jacek would say. This is how ideology functions today. You uh well, what he he actually made a point about Santa Claus, which is that actually we keep the image of Santa Claus going, but nobody really believes in him. The parents yeah. obviously don't believe in him. The kids know full well that, that, that it's the parents who do it. But we all pretend there's still a Santa Claus to keep the dream alive. And I say, let's let the dream die. Let's dream a better dream than this one, because this one sucks balls. I'm going to take and run the Santa Claus metaphor. I fucking love it. I think it applies with everything. We live in Santa Claus Christmas world. Mm -hmm. The culture is Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. The capitalism is Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Here's everything you've ever wanted on your wish list that I will give to you at mm -hmm. any time. Mm -hmm. You just write it down and then it magically will appear. Yeah. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. That's the culture we live in. We live in Santa Claus. Bright lights everywhere, Christmas tree, whatever. But you can only have plastic gifts. You can only ask for plastic shitty gifts. You can't ask Santa for Claus doesn't love you. He just gives you plastic gifts. He just gives you mass-produced plastic gifts. You can't ask for love. Santa can't deliver love. There's no money in love. There's no trade in love. There's no mercantile value in love. So fuck love. We're, we're actually being told covertly, fuck love multiple times a day every day. It's hypnosis. It's brainwashing. And guess what people start saying? Fuck love. Because everything in my culture, the films I'm consuming, the songs I'm consuming, the advertising I'm consuming, says love is dumb. Love is stupid. Love uh, ruins your options. Love disempowers you. You should be the alpha female. You should be the alpha male. And so as culture, um, culture, you know, marketing, advertising keeps moving in that direction, of course, uh, along that axis, it has to become more narcissistic and psychopathic because capitalism is not a long-term a solution you just keep kicking the can down the road that's all you could do will we get another year out of this another 10 years out of this another voting cycle out of this nobody thinks this is going to last forever no the, the, the people at the top know full well all we are doing is kicking the can down the road to hold this structure in place people some people benefit from it they want it to keep going some people don't they're ready for a crash and when all the kids find out that santa isn't real you got the looting the burning and the crucifixions my line of hope here with this santa claus metaphor is that santa is actually your family santa does exist hmm. and it's your family it's hmm. not i don't mean biological family hmm. i'm talking about humans treating each other as family mm -hmm. not your actual parents not your actual brothers if if they treat you well yes yes that's what i mean mm -hmm. the metaphorical family is the actual santa claus mm -hmm. not the imaginary creature that we're all looking towards every fucking year mm -hmm. there is somebody giving you gifts there is somebody actually there mm -hmm. but that santa is not it's not imaginary the mm -hmm. potential is there for us to treat each other as family to give each other the metaphorical gifts 
of love. Mm. Pierre XO Winfrey coming in. <laughs> I like that. That was good. Real love. Real love between people. That's the hope. That's the hope. That if you actually have that and you actually experience that, you don't want anything else because nothing's better than that. Real, authentic love between two people who are brave enough to be vulnerable with each other, who are brave enough to take off the armor, to put down the guns and actually hold each other metaphorically and physically. You're not going to fuck with anything else after that. I think on a positive note, that's a good way to wrap it up, man. That was positive. We got there at the end. It yeah. was a fucking battle, but we got there, folks. Jesus, we went dumb. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I didn't expect this conversation to end up that route either. But I mean, there is light at the end of the tunnel, man. Santa Claus is each other, dude. We got to play each other Santa Claus to a certain degree, you know? Merry Christmas, motherfucker. (laughs) That's the meme. If every tentacle quest on has a meme to come out of it, be each other Santa Claus, Merry Christmas, motherfucker. There's your your gift. It's just love. I love it, man! Wow, that, that was that was very intensive. But I think I think I in, learned shit. Yeah, no, I've been fucking thinking about this for days. Jesus Christ! Yeah, hey everybody, uh, can we get a warm, sweet goodbye to Richard for this is his last day out here in beautiful fairy tale Praha, um, dude? It was good having you around, man. It's good being back. Really, really yeah, good man. being back. Definitely. Thank you for joining all of us here on Tentacle Croissant to simultaneously break and re-sew the wounds of humanity. We have broken the Japanese ceramics and re-glued them with gold lining. And hopefully we can begin pouring the tea, my friends. I should patent that. That's beautiful. Thank you, man. But then, though, and goodbye, everybody. Uh, We will see you guys soon. I don't know when the next tentacle croissant is because I know you'll be busy, but uh, we'll figure something out. Not too far in the distant future, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time and your attention. We also have a highly produced video coming out on this channel in hopefully about one to two weeks. And I think you guys will really enjoy this one. All right. See you guys later. Cheerio. Bye. <laughs>